Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. New track. That circuit is just going to be one of the great uh, street circuits in this country. New rules. New drivers. Most of the have been racing on the same track in you know, five, ten years now, so we've got a brand new track. It's a bit of an easy playing field straight away. It's all new this week as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Shane Howard from V8 Supercars has put the finishing touches on the Townsville circuit, with this event being one of the toughest projects he has had since joining the series. He told the V8 Insiders that it's been tougher in some areas than building the finale track at Homebush. It's a very large civil engineering uh, role, as well in regard to building the park, the roads, a bridge over Ross Creek and and a pit complex. You might have noticed at Hidden Valley that they were talking about pit windows and then you probably started yelling at the TV saying, no, it's not a pit window, it's a pit stop. Well, now it's been revealed that pitting restrictions were reintroduced in the Northern Territory round and will continue for the rest of the season. This week in Townsville, teams will not be allowed to pit before lap five. If a safety car is deployed before then, the pits will not open before the leader completes five laps after the resumption of racing. Dean Fiore has launched the GFC 1200 to try and help his startup team get funding while they look for a new naming rights sponsor. Trying to find a, even a decent sized company to part with you know, a decent amount of money is, um, is very difficult at the moment, especially with you know, sponsorships such as motor racing being a discretionary spend. We'll have more from Dean in this week's White Flag Lap. David Reynolds has spent the week travelling north. On his way, he stopped off at the Wide Bay Australia International Air Show to race a RAAF jet fighter. Pilot Phil Frawley, squadron leader at Williamtown, took the Bundy Red Racer on in the promotional event, which saw the L39 fighter taking two wins and the rookie Red Racer winning the other two. One of the biggest highlights in the trip north for Reynolds was a special factory tour of his sponsor's headquarters. Reynolds is hoping Townsville is Bundy country as he looks for his first ever V8 supercar win. Um, I think North Queensland is quite Bundaberg, you know, central, so hopefully I've got a few supporters out there that I do whatever I can for. With Mark Scaife looking at the future of V8 supercar racing, the V8 Insiders spoke to Barry Graham, the Australian who part-owns the Richard Petty driving experience, to get a feel for what sort of cost building a pure race car chassis would be compared to modifying touring car. Yeah, the cost of building um, one of our chassis body deal, you know, minus motor, transmission, um, is 
somewhere in the vicinity of probably 28 to 30,000 US dollars. While Graham was not sure of what V8 supercars exactly wanted, he said he'd be happy to sit down with Scafie and his team to discuss what could be achieved from his 20 years of building NASCARs. As far as uh, pointing them in some whatever direction that, that we followed and letting them see for themselves, all right, to talk about something, but to, to go and look at it and see it and understand you know, why, why we done things in a certain way and, and not make the mistakes that I probably made. Planning ahead this weekend will be the key to the win. So the four-car super team of Kelly Brothers Racing, they are hoping that the speed they have shown so far this season will transpire into victories. We don't know who the track's going to favour, if Triple Eight will be fast, if FPR will be fast, whether it'll be an HRT favoured circuit or whether it be you know a Kelly Racing and, and Jack Daniels Racing favoured circuit. That's one of the most exciting things about it. With Mark McNally moving into the high-tech oils car, Jason Bright has announced that Carl Reinler will join the Fujitsu team for the Enduros. Reinler paired with Mahakal Patrici last year and now is looking forward to the chance of working with Brightie and the Stone Brothers Racing equipment. And finally, Tony D'Alberto will be supporting the Ricky Ponting Foundation for Children with Cancer. As the Aussies start their Ashes campaign this weekend, D'Alberto will have a Run Ricky Run window banner. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, we speak with Peter Norton and Neville Wilkinson. Then later, we hear from Dean Fiore about racing on a budget. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen from the Stone Brothers Racing SP Tools. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. This week, joining us from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Craig, and good evening to everyone. And also from V8X Magazine, the editor-in-chief and the publisher, of course, is Neville Wilkinson. It's good to see the Kelly boys gracing the front of the latest magazine on sale now. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, yes, yes, it's the uh, We Go behind the scenes at Kelly Racing, take a look at the outfit and see if they've got uh, what it takes to win the championship because um, owner-drivers owner as such nowadays are very rare in the sport and we're actually, we're actually asking have they got what it takes to win the championship considering they uh, left the, how can I say, the uh, conglomerate that which is HRT slash HSE. I love the quote, Peter, don't you, that uh, Todd uses where he said, oh, we heard there was going to be a, grand, a, a global financial crisis, so we decided to start a four-car super team. Yes, uh, <laughs> interesting timing, that. And uh, obviously, Neville, the, you know, doing you a favour and inviting you in behind the scenes, it doesn't buy any favours with your mid-year report card, does it? No, well, you know, the mid-year report card, which is another feature in VEDX, and for people that uh, don't know about it, it's we basically... Uh, schools you know, mid-year and uh, everybody gets a, a C plus or an A plus or a F or whatever we give them um, and it's based on their 
I was based on the whole thing, how they'd go on the track, how they'd done the pit stops, uh, strategies, all that type of stuff, and uh, we've, we felt that we've been as honest as we can. It is good to see how the V8 supercars are taking to so many changes this year, and one of the biggest changes we are certainly going to see this weekend with the Townsville race, and I know both of you guys can't wait to go north for, one, the weather, and two, what looks like it is going to be an absolute cracker of a race on, on what has logistically been a huge job to put together the track there in Townsville. Well, I think, I mean, any new track is exciting. I mean, I think every, every V8 supercar fan in Australia is going to be uh, hanging out for this event or has been hanging out for this event because it's a new track. No one knows how it's going to go. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just exciting to have a new circuit, uh, even though it's, you know, a street slash um, circuit. And, or street circuit slash uh, a proper, it's a half and half, a hybrid, I would call it. But um, yeah, everybody's excited about stuff like that. We're all going to see how it's go. It's a, it's a clean slate for all the teams in regards to no one has telemetry for this track, and that's the exciting bit. Some some are wondering why they just didn't throw the uh, sprint tyres in here for this round too, just to really mix it all up. But uh, you know, it was, I think it's still going to be very important. I'm going to be there with uh, all guns blazing myself. And, Peter, it is going to be interesting because we have seen a couple of street races now go and and do a pretty good job on start-up, and we've seen unbelievable support. And, of course, when you look at Hamilton, they're second year in and they're now getting a, a, wealth, and, uh, a wealth of attention and also a wealth of support. Yes, one thing I'm finding interesting about this Townsville race in the lead-up is a very different strategy compared to Hamilton. Hamilton played it low-key. They didn't really over-inflate expectations. And last year, their first year, they really shone because they, they far exceeded people's expectations. Uh, Townsville, the hype machine's been going red hot. We're expecting a huge crowd. We're expecting a, a great track. And Neville was right about some of the uh, uh, trials and tribulations that they had with uh, adverse weather and other things there. Uh, so hats must come off to them for getting the track done in time. Uh, yeah, expectations are high. I really do hope they deliver, but I'm fairly confident they will. These guys know what they're doing. And one thing I'm also uh, looking forward to is that it's not really a, a street circuit because most of the track is brand-new asphalt poured going through parkland, so it doesn't have the, the usual kind of uh, you know, right-hand bends that you expect in a, in a, in a street track. Uh, it's going to be quite uh, a combination of the two. Well, that's, and, and I'm glad you pointed that out, Pete. It's, that's exactly what it's all about. Um, the street bit's actually only probably a quarter of it, if not that. Or if that, oh, yeah, I'd say the street bit's probably a quarter of it, but the majority of the track is actually like a, like a road course at Winton or whatever. And I suppose the best analogy, some people say, put the same analogy as the A1 it's not A1, it's the Melbourne Grand Prix track. I wouldn't dare put A1 Grand Prix there. But, um, yeah, the Melbourne Grand Prix track, even though that's supposedly a street circuit, that, that, that track was made for, for Grand Prix cars and it's got some of those twists and turns in it. And um, Adelaide is another example where they go off the roads and into the parkland area and there's a bit more of the twist and turn, the hairpin and all that kind of stuff. And that's 
um, where you know where I think you're going to see uh, an exciting track. It is going to be an exciting track, and I think the way that Far North Queensland reacted, what was it, a million dollars worth of ticket sales in the first day and a half? I think the atmosphere in and around the uh, whole uh, the whole precinct in and around the whole city is going to be another big thing that's going to really get people excited and get people coming back because it's not, uh, and you used Melbourne as example, it's not a, a big event in a big city. It's a big event in a small town. Well, that part of uh, Queensland has got a high population of uh, cities around Townsville. I mean, Cairns is not that far away. It's, I think it's about an hour drive. I mean, I'm probably wrong, but I know it's, it's fairly close. I think it's closer than driving from Melbourne to Winton, and a lot of people take a day trip to Winton from Melbourne, and all the other surrounding cities at Winton, Shepparton and Albury, Wodonga, Wangaratta, Benalla, um, they're all, they all go. And I think uh, there's more population up there in Townsville that, could, that are in a day trip of the track um, more so than and I would say Winton. Well, Peter, it is going to be interesting. After the break, we're going to talk about the race and what we can hope to expect. But before we go to the break, what about this uh, supposed scandal that is going on in Vert Supercars where teams are having drivers break down on the track to get safety cars at the end. Your thoughts on that? It's something I've been expecting for years. How many years at Bathurst do you think that uh, a team is in contention, maybe you know, second or third, but they've got a lot of gap on the track, and their second car, uh, often driven by uh, visitors from overseas, it's just wobbling along sort of 15th or so, and I've been waiting for it to happen, that, uh, oops, parked it in the sand trap, and it really would be an advantage for the, for the guys at the front. I've been staggered it hasn't happened at Bathurst or the big events. It's interesting now that at Darwin, oh, looks like it's happened. Well, let me qualify that. You say, you say that's a scandal, Craig? I mean, well, what supposedly, are you saying? That he actually stopped there intentionally? That is uh, one of the uh, rumours that is running the mill and there's going to be an investigation into the car 67 and its breakdown at Townsville ahead of the racing this weekend. I reckon nothing will come of it because I don't reckon it was a scandal. Um, I mean, yeah, it was convenient. And, um, boy, it's not the first time that a car's broken down the track that's been convenient. Um, I heard that they had problems with their fuel all weekend. Um, Supposedly it was boiling, and I say that in inverted commas. Um, But I'll leave that up to the stewards because I wasn't there. I mean, yeah, I know what I saw on television. I'm thinking, oh... You know, this is done on purpose, but can I, can, I, can I put it on the other side? Were we really disappointed that it come out? Were we spewing that there was a big shootout at the end for a few laps? I think not. I really, I really enjoyed those final laps of the race. <laughs> so I was going, yeah, I was salivating going, all right, get ready. You know, this, the race is going to hot up again. Hey, I'll tell you what, I uh, think along the lines of Peter, what, you haven't done it yet? How dumb are you? <laughs> well, we need to take some, it. If it was done, if it was done as uh, like that, um, and I'm not saying that they did do that, but if it was done, they probably didn't do it very well. I'm, sh- I'm sure you could do it a, a bit more clandestine than that, but anyway, you know, building those blow the engine up button again from the pits. That's it. Hey, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. 
Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as we get set for the Townsville 400's inaugural racing. And, uh, well, let's get down to Tintax, a pit window. Well, it's not really a pit window, but it is pit restrictions have been reintroduced. They were reintroduced up in Darwin, even though they weren't in the sub-regs. It seems like they threw an extra page in there when the teams got up to the racetrack. This week, two 200 kilometre races and they are not allowed to pit before lap five if there's a safety car before lap five then they're not allowed to pit until after five laps have been completed by the leader from when they go back to green now peter i'm not a big fan of uh, restricting pit stops what about you um normally i'm not but i was in pit lane uh, at winton where the uh, strategy with the soft tires and everything first came in and lap one when they all started coming in it was chaos you just did not know where to look for where the action was coming at you and that's really what they're at here is uh, let's take five laps for the field to spread out just that little bit and uh, they think it'll be much safer i don't think it'll have a huge strategic change to any of the racing i actually agree with pete um i understand the reason they did it and it's exactly what pete said but I mean, imagine if a safety car came out on the first lap and everybody dived into the pit. I mean, everybody dived. And you, you'd be, some guys would be, you know, too wide trying to shovel it into a hole where only one car can fit just to go get in. Also, you'll be getting teams that'll bring their two cars in because you wouldn't want to stay out. So you'd bring your car in and park behind the other car and wait for your pit stop, even though it's going to take double the length of time. It's better than staying out doing that lap and then going half the field down, especially in the front. So I can understand where their supercars come from. Um, like for five laps, like how many how many laps is a race? I mean, seriously, you know. I I think get the five laps out of the way. Um, if there, you know, if there's a safety car within that five laps, it's five laps after the safety car. I can understand that, but you know, get that out of the way. But that's, you know, it's not a pit window. It's, you can't, you can't. Um, you could refuel at the final lap of the race if you wanted to. So yeah, that's fine. I, I can see it's a safety reason. Does a new track give the smaller teams or the less experienced drivers more chance or less chance of winning? No, it doesn't. Because the top teams, cream always rises to the top. The top teams will be on their game a lot quicker. And um, I'll tell you now, I reckon teams will be the ones to beat because they've shown all the races without the soft tyre that uh, they get they get their act together and um, they're hard to beat. So, no, I don't think it's any difference. I think sometimes um, allowing the uh, lesser teams to to, uh, to have... Test, more test days is more beneficial to them so they can get a better handle on their car. Um, but less test days, i.e. they're not going to the track with any telemetry, is going to make their work or their job harder because of less resource. So, no, not at all. 
I would expect that uh, the teams at the pointy end, the teams that have the resources, they've done a lot of modelling of this track already. Um, they've probably sent people up there to walk around and just check out the surface. Uh, they've put into the computers how tight the corners are. Uh, they'd have a fairly good expectation of what the track will actually hold and uh, they'll wheel the cars out of the truck sort of halfway set up already. The teams further down the field who have, uh, you know, they're battling just to prepare the cars like normal, uh, they won't have had the opportunity to do that modelling. They'll be a little bit behind the eight ball in the first couple of practice sessions. It is going to be interesting. I'm, uh, I'm keen to see how the teams all go about getting that experience and remembering that someone like uh, Michael Caruso, who gets himself into the top half of the draw, now doesn't have that extra practice session, does he? Well, no. Uh, but this is, again, this is, I, I agree with the bottom half of the draw. I think that's good. That's a little extra time. I reckon they actually could give him a bit longer, maybe an hour, because half an hour isn't a long time when you think about it, because they get another two hours or something after that. Um, but, but getting back to the track, this, this track is where you're going to see which teams have really got their act together this year and which teams haven't. Um, and again, no sprint tyre. Um, my question is, do they still have the qualifying on Sunday? Because uh, that's also going to be another telling factor of how well teams have looked after their tyres. And that's what it is about this weekend as well, is looking after the tyres you've got. It is, going to be a, uh, it is going to be an exciting race. Now, you're saying cream rides at the top? Well, uh, we've got a cream of a panel here, so hopefully Gas & Go, brought to you by the V8 Supercar Survey. You can check it out at the VX, uh, the Forex Gold website. The fan survey for 2009 have your say on how you want V8 Supercars to be run. And Gas & Go is about to start. Guys, with the number of uh, new events we are going to see this year, do you think Townsville or Homebush is going to be the pick of the crop? Do you think Homebush is going to be able to get the excitement going like Townsville has? I think that uh, Homebush, the big question mark, is the effect of the global financial crisis uh, more uh, than uh, Townsville. Townsville have so many fans that have been starved from racing for so long. Townsville will be best. I, I agree. I'll, I'll say... Um, the global the global financial recession or whatever you call it um, that would affect that would probably affect the corporates in towns or more than the fans I think you're going to see fans absolutely hanging off the fence but uh, corporates may be a little different but fan wise you know massive turnout Homebush you're going to see lots of corporates the, you know we know how fickle the Sydney market is is this race going to really have a call to action and enthuse people to go to it? Only time will tell. And I know that V8 Supercars have got all guns blazing to make that happen. Uh, we'll, only time will tell. OK. Now we're into the Scaife zone. Scaife is going to be driving for Sprint Gas. Should he keep his legacy untarnished and unsullied or is going to race in the Enduros for the uh, Sprint Gas Racing Team, the right move, Nev? Once a race driver, always a race driver. If you love racing, you almost find any excuse to get into a car. Um, the teams obviously talk to Scafey. Scafey's likes what they've said to him, what they're trying to do for Bathurst. And remember, Sprint Gas have a pretty good record for Bathurst. So Scafey could be in a half-decent car, yeah, I can understand why he's getting back in it. Why wouldn't you want to get back in it? If I had an offer to drive Bathurst, I'd be doing it. 
I think uh, racing drivers, cyclists, particularly in the Tour de France, and rock stars, there's no such thing as retirement. It's just another uh, uh, opportunity for a party. And they come back again and again and again. As the safe scafe zone continues, he's looking at the future car. Now, I know that uh, Briar Gunther of V8X and Big Pond Journalist has uh, has been in and around the traps and really feeling this one out, Neville. And uh, the talk that they might not race Holden Commodores and Ford Falcons is certainly one that's got everyone chatting about what car or what size car could we see. Do we want to have a Focus, a Focus and Cruise Championship? I remember Mike Raymond telling me 20, oh, 10, 15 years ago that, you know, he he pushed the V8 formula onto cams because no one wanted to see Mitsubishi Colts running up the mountain. Cool, blimey, that question was longer than three minutes. <laughs> um, so what's your question? Well, I think we should have... I, I mean, I'm open to other brands getting in. Um, I'm open to smaller cars. I mean, look at the... Look at the uh, the DTM, which is the German Touring Car Championship, they have V8s in smaller cars. Cars are smaller than Falcons and Commodores. Um, I think they should re- maintain the shape of a car, but, you know, if they have a subframe or a space frame or whatever, you could actually fit V8 engines in, in smaller cars. And if anybody doubts that, go and look at a sports sedan race because I tell you, not, there is Falcons out there. There's not that many of them, but there's... Honda Preludes, there's Saabs, there's all different cars, and most of them have V8 shoehorned in them. So it can be done. Whether the whether the um, the fans want uh, want to see that, and personally, I would like to see that because I like the sound of a V8. So I want them to keep V8s. Um, I really don't care what shape the car is, personally. Peter. I think the uh, manufacturers will dictate uh, what happens there, and they want some market relevance. Uh, squeezing a V8 into some sort of uh, you know, tiny little uh, colt, um, it's just going to be all wrong from a marketing point of view. I think perhaps you can go uh, one size down. Uh, so for Ford, instead of the Falcon, it might become the Mondeo, and you have to squeeze a V8 in there and hope the fans still connect with it. But I don't think you go to too much further than that. They still sell Mondeos? With the soft tyres, it's our first race without them. Should we have just, once we saw how good they were, kept the damn things for the rest of the year? Too hard. They probably would have put their order in for Dunlop. So even if they did want to keep them, Dunlop would have said, well, sorry, we can't make any more. You know, so I understand where you're coming from. I would like to see the sprint tyre in all the rounds. Um, They're probably thinking that, you know, that's probably something that's maybe on the cards for next year. You might see the sprint tyre in more rounds if, if, if 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 it's as much as a success of the, of the previous rounds where they've used it, um, you'll probably see it in more. I think Townsville doesn't need them, uh, particularly in year one. Uh, there'll be enough excitement and uh, be plenty of mistakes from drivers as they come to grips with the new circuit. Year two, we probably do need them. And finally, what do we want to uh, see? Do we want to see longer races and get every race onto a Sunday, or do we want to still see these two-day two race affairs um, I'm starting to warm to the two day uh, event um, it's taking a little while and it's still hard to break that mindset that the winner is the guy who has the most points across the weekend and I think the media is going to take quite a while and fans are going to take quite a while still, probably 18 months under this new system uh, until we really do adjust but it's getting there Assuming oh. we don't uh, change the system again 
Well, I think they've finally weaned themselves off the three-race three race system. Um, um, I'm not against qualifying and then a race on the Saturday and then a qualifying and a race on the Sunday. And I even like the way they mix it up. You've got this qualifying where you look after your tyres and, where, you know, then the top ten shoot out for the qualifying on Saturday. And then there's that 20-minute absolute, you know, all-in brawl on the Sunday. That's fantastic as well. So I, they've mixed it up there. They've got variety. Um, and I, I think... I, I think they've. I, I think they're on the money in that way. I'd like. To, I'm just sure. I'd like to see longer races, and they've given me some longer races. They've given me a shorter one on Saturday and a longer one on Sunday. So no matter which day I go to the track, I'm going to get some action, and and it's great. I, I'm all for it, actually. Finally, well, that's gas and go for another week. Brought to you by the 4X V8X Fan Survey. Check out the survey. Do it now at the 4X. Big Pond site. It only goes to the 24th, just as a bit of a plug there. Yeah, good day the 24th too. So get your entry in now and uh, we will look forward to seeing the results of that very soon in a uh, VEDX magazine coming soon to you. Guys, got to wrap it up here. So, Neville, you've already picked the pigs. Peter, who are you picking? Um, I'd have to go for uh, Win Cup. Uh, the form there is very strong. And, uh, yeah, he'll be uh, out there to prove a couple of things, I think. I think HRT's going to keep him honest. I think that, that you know, that the Triple Eight or Team Vodafone is just, that team's a monster this year. It is indeed. I'm going for Garth Tander, though, because I think his experience and, and, and time in that car, the VE Commodore, is going to be the big difference. That's, uh, well, that's it for our Controversy Corner this week. After the break, Dean Fiore talks about the GFC 1200, the Go For Fiore Club, not the global financial crisis. That's up next on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Dean Fiore joins us on this week's White Flag Lap and for a startup team in a global economic crisis, it is a pretty hard ask. Yeah, that's for sure, mate. Uh, we're trying to find um, all the sponsorship we can at the moment. And uh, as it is, we're just going round by round to try and find local companies who might be interested in pumping their business um, locally. Uh, and just trying to find a naming rights sponsor, um, trying to find a, a, even a decent-sized company to part with you know, a decent amount of money is, um, is very difficult at the moment, especially with you know, sponsorship such as motor racing being a discretionary spend. The first thing to go from a company in a time like this is um, is the discretionary spend. So uh, we're finding it very tough, but still pushing along. You have done all right so far, managing to find some local businesses that uh, wanted that extra coverage. How about with the launch of the new website this week and uh, the new Team Fiori Club that people can join and people can become part of your sponsorship program now? Yeah, that's right. I um 
I had some guys come up to me at Darwin. We just rocked up with a plain white car, and uh, some guys rocked up to me and said, "Look, how much for a bit for my business on your side of the car?" Anyway, we struck up a deal with two separate guys, and Nigel Barclay, the the managing director of Paul Morris Motorsport, and also my team manager, just came up to me and said, "Hey, Dino, you should try and uh, you know fire up a club." Um, and I sort of had to think about it with myself and my sponsorship manager, Damian White, and we came up with this concept, the GFC 1200. And um, it's really taken off, um, in, especially after um, the article was posted on the V8 Supercar website. I had um, a lot of inquiries about it. So it's, it's actually been helping a lot, sort of just having something bubbling away in the background. Um, in terms of the, uh, the website, it actually hasn't been launched yet. Um, that's kind of been leaked out and... Uh, it's been put on a forum, I think, and um, somebody's typed in an, an alternative address, um, but the actual triplefracing.com.au hasn't, hasn't yet been officially launched. It should be probably after Townsville. Okay, then. Now, for the uh, GFC 1200, what, what's that all about? Can you give us some of the details of what people who join up can expect? Yeah, for sure. We just sort of made another acronym for, for GFC, um, making it... Um, obviously standing for the global financial crisis, but we make it stand for Go For Yori Club, um, 1,200 being, well, my race number is 12, and uh, 1,200 being the dollar amount that it costs to become a member of the club. Um, and what you get is a Triple F Racing hat straight away as soon as you sign up. Um, you get two tickets to any event left on the calendar. Um, you get SMS updates on each weekend throughout the weekend, and also um, a photo diary after every weekend, so you can track the team's progress visually as well. Um, and along with that, you get signage on the car. You get about 180 millimetres by 70 millimetres um, high, and uh, what I'm going to do is start it on the, on the sills, on the side sills, and I'm going to let it flow up to the rear guard, around the rear bumper, back around, connecting up the sills again and across the front of the car. So it'll just become a ribbon of GFC 1200 club members. And it's obviously, it's good for a name, but it's perfect size for a small business that wants to say they're part of the V8 Supercar Series. Yeah, exactly right. These, I've had a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of inquiries, especially after it was posted on the website. Um, obviously, heaps of fans, and nobody's really um, in, the, in the realm of sort of a naming rights deal, but they want to be a part of a team and want to see their name go around in a V8 Supercar, and this is a great opportunity to see that and still, from our perspective, leaving the car vacant for, for a naming rights sponsor. So it works, um, works well both ways. And is there a limit on how many members you'll, you're going to have? Nah, nah, unlimited. It just depends how big that ribbon gets. <laughs> it, um, but it should be, uh, yeah, unlimited. What about going to Townsville? It, it makes it a fairly level playing field for you particularly, where no one's raced on the track before, so there's no data available to the other teams. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it does uh, bring it bring me back to the field a little bit, but um, I'm sorry, bring me up to the field a little bit. But um, still, these V8 supercars like nothing I've ever driven before, and you know the guys like like Russell, uh, Russell Ingle, Craig Lowndes, Jamie, the guys have been driving these things for for a while doesn't matter what surface, what place you go to, if you know how to drive these cars, you know how to drive them fast. Um, the only advantage, yeah, like you said, that I do have is that nobody's been to the track before. Um, this might be an advantage, might bring me up a little bit closer, but um, we'll see. It's still all about driving these cars properly and 
the guys who have been doing it for years still know how to do that. So it's still going to be hard to beat. Well, we wish you all the very best. And uh, we'll just tell people to uh, keep Googling Triple uh, F Racing and uh, in the week or so to come, we'll see the new triplef.com.au website up there. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for your time, mate. My thanks to Dean Fiore joining us there on the line. Also to Peter Norton and Neville Wilkinson as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.